Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Tomanowski here, continuing our study of Tractate Pesachim. Today we're on Nun Aleph, page 51. Uh, as I related yesterday, the Mishnah that begins the fourth chapter of this tractate actually appears at the bottom of Nun Amud Aleph, 50a. But I didn't discuss it yesterday because we talked about other things. The real place for it in the conversation is today. So I'll read the Mishnah at the bottom of 50. In a town where it is the custom to do work on the eve of Passover, in the morning up until midday, people who come to that town or live in that town should do work. But if you live in a town where the custom is, or you visit a town where the custom is not to work uh, all day on the eve of Passover, you shouldn't you shouldn't buy the custom. Here's the relevant phrase for us: But if you travel from your hometown, locale A, from from your hometown where they do work to a place where they don't work on the eve of Passover. Oh, and you or you alternatively travel from a place a non-working place to a working place. You should follow the stringent custom in either direction. So, if you come from a non-working place, keep that custom up. If you go to a non-working place, keep that custom up. Now, our page will cover a number of topics, with some of which we discussed yesterday, and, and, and the, the previous page will, will cover a number of topics, and then we'll get to our page 51, which is uh, picks up a discussion commenced at the, at the bottom of 50b about you come to a place and they have a custom. It's not a legally required custom, but it is a custom uh, that is seen to be a good thing, that is an added stringency upon the law. Now, how did that get to be such a custom? It might have been instituted by the local sage. It might have been a widespread custom. It could be a local custom that in fact was adopted in error. And the Talmud is interested in whether or not um, a sage who understands that it is not really a, a legal requirement, that it's a stringency, whether that sage might rule that, that there's no need to follow this custom. And we talk about a number of cases. But in general, the idea is that, uh, as, as it says, dvarim hamutarim, things which are in and of themselves permitted, the achirim nahaguba hemisur, but some people behave as if they are forbidden, that is to say, they take a local custom to forbid them. You're not permitted to tell them to stop doing their, their normal custom. So the sages through the generations, as they've interpreted this, raise a number of important issues that I think are interesting. Uh, they, they basically assume that if it is a custom instituted by, by a sage for a good purpose, and the people know that it is only an extra stringency and not 
uh, the actual law itself. Really, there's no grounds to release them from that custom. In fact, the idea is that if people know, people in the town know that such and such a thing, such you'll call it X, is not the law, and yet they do it anyway, that's like has the legal status of a vow that they will do those things. Well, what if the the practice that they've adopted is not only not the law, but they don't know it's not the law. They're you know they're not educated people, or the the original state didn't really explain it to them. And it's just a mistake. It's a mistake. They think it's the law, but it's not actually the law. Uh, perhaps it would be appropriate at that point to uh, to free them from the custom. And in fact, in the Jerusalem Talmud, it does say it does say something uh, quite like that. It says, "Kolavar she'ein yaduago shehu mutar vehu toet v'noheg bo isur mishal umatrimo." Anything that it is not known. That it is, uh, that it is uh, in itself permitted, but the people erroneously take on the custom to forbid it, then that is perfectly fine to to release them from the vow. Uh, you know, custom is a is a big part of uh, Judaism, even not a strictly legal custom, but ancestral practice. And so we try to balance um, fealty and loyalty to ancestral practice with also an awareness of what the actual law requires and, and what it doesn't require. So anyway, the, the Mishnah that I began with uh, uh, speaks about taking on the stringent practices always, uh, whether they're your local uh, place of origin or the place that you travel to. And the Mara will say that the reason for that, or a reason for that, is mipneha machloket, because it is likely to cause social dissension. We do not believe in social dissension. We have, as long as there have been Jews, we have been a, uh, a relatively small minority in the places that we've lived. Maybe we live in a Jewish town, but in a wider Jewish society, we hang together. We believe in peace among us and love and fellowship among us. We don't like communal dissension. We like to share practices. It's through shared practices that we make meaning. So, with that in mind, let's analyze the Mishnah, because there's something in it that, that doesn't make great sense. You should always follow the more stringent custom, whether it's your local place of origin or the place that you go to, because of machloket, because it'll cause social dissension. Well, as the Gemara will say, that kind of only makes sense if you follow the, the custom of the place you arrive to. If you show up in a place, you know, place X, and uh, and you don't follow their more stringent custom, then uh, you will cause machloket, you will cause dissension. But if you arrive in a place, and uh, and you follow your own locale's more stringent custom, how will that how will that sponsor sponsor dissension? So the Mara will go on, and I'll read now to you the bottom of fifty one B. Uh, you go from a place where they don't work to where they do work, or vice versa. You should follow the, the more stringent custom either way. Mara says, This this makes sense if the more stringent places where you arrive to, and there's the new stringency of not working. Um, that makes sense. And don't deviate from the local practice, because you'll cause dissension. And don't work. Follow what they do. But if you go from your local place with a stringent custom to the place 
with the less stringent custom, al don't deviate from the place where you find yourself now. You should work. So don't follow your original local custom. Follow your new, more lenient custom. And yet, And yet the Mishnah said that you should follow both the original stringency and, uh, and the place that you arrived in. This doesn't make any sense because it's hard to see how you could, how following your, your local place could cause a machloket, uh, cause social dissension in your new place. So, what we understand from uh, the analysis of the Gemara, two, two sages, Abaye and Rava, give uh, analysis um, of this Mishnah, and Abaye says what seems to be the simple, simple truth, that the phrase, don't change because it will cause social dissension, cause, will cause machloket, applies to the first clause of the Mishnah. That is to say, adopt the new stringencies of the place you have arrived at. And Rava understands a slightly different way. It could apply both to the first clause and the final clause. Adopt the new stringencies of the place you have arrived at. And where possible, adopt your own, maintain your own original place, your own hometown stringencies, if it won't cause Mahloka. That is to say, if you're not ostentatious about it, or if you can do it in a subtle and not so public way, then you should keep multiple, multiple stringencies, because that will be faithful to the locale that you are in, and the faithful to the locale that you are from. This is going to have a big implication for a major practice in Judaism called the Second Day of Yom Tov, which I'm sure listeners to this podcast are familiar with, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.